right, welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. Thanks for being here today, John. Thank you. And can we talk about your finger first? Yeah, Let's sure. Get this uh, little intro. Obvious thing off the table yeah, here. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a new chat GBT medical enhancement. <laughs> it makes my finger stronger. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be an or old man volleyball injury. Real story? <laughs> okay. Just, here's, here's the funny thing, John. I've hurt myself multiple times in the last couple months, and I didn't realize I did until I got home. I don't know if you've done that. Have you had those injuries? Yeah, that happened yeah. this morning, actually. Yeah. See? And uh-huh. like, this is a new one where I've, I've done it, and then I'm in the middle of a volleyball game, and I'm like, and I think it doesn't look right. <laughs> and I don't know how I did it. I don't know what I did. So did you win the volleyball game? We, uh, we did not. Oh, shoot. We were, uh, we were playing a, a, very, a very much younger team. Mm. We probably had them by a good century, if okay. that makes sense in age. Yeah. But uh, we, we gave it our darndest to injury. This is and, co-ed volleyball. Yes, co-ed. Our team actually played pretty well. That uh, we uh, we got to, we took them to game three of the set, and mm. then they were they were much more in shape than we were. <laughs> we were tired. The last co-ed volleyball game I ever played in was a long time ago, and I haven't played since because I came down from spiking the ball with my right elbow, and I hit a young lady in her face, oh, and shattered her orbital bone, and she ended up in the hospital. And oh, I felt my. really bad. I. <laughs> That's and I've never cool. forgotten that. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Made a pledge to the higher powers, God, or and, and I will never play again. Gods, that I will never play again. <laughs> we had a guy break his ankle the first week on a different team, but it was like yeah. one of those we're all and playing, I, having a great time, and then we're like instantly in fear. We're like, well, yeah. this is too close to home. In church basketball leagues, I stay away. From yeah, those. we. I don't. I'm all. I'm at that place where I've recognized yeah. the risk versus reward. Yeah, it's just it's not, not there it's, anymore. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, we're, we're we're doing a new segment. This is our second week, and I could not be more excited. I think it's a, it's I think it's going to be a rich thing that we get to do um, back in the study hall. Yeah, back in the study hall, Sunday study hall, and continuing our our series in Matthew and finishing chapter one mm-hmm. um, of the Gospel yep. of Matthew. And, and so you you 20. are here because you preached this last week, and yep. so I can't really evaluate my sermon because I didn't preach. So we had to have you come in and. I'm glad you're willing and glad you're able. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of do kind of a crazy. What, what what was the sermon on this last week? What was the text? Yeah, so it was uh, Matthew chapter one. It was the last section of that chapter, starting at verse eighteen. Uh, it's the, about the birth or actually pre-birth issues surrounding Christ. Yeah, it's um, it's about Joseph and uh, about kind of his dilemma that's presented to him because of Mary's pregnancy, which yeah. he knows doesn't come from him, even though they're legally engaged to be married. Yeah. And uh, it's really a, kind of about Joseph's perspective and Joseph's story. Yeah, what and I I thought it was a really cool thing that Ryan brought into was <laughs> just kind of made it like Christmas in April. And, yeah, and that's uh, kind of the weird thing is because we started a new series and it's not Christmas. Yeah. I'm preaching on the first chapter, which I've never done before, of Matthew, and you're going to be preaching next week on chapter two. I know on the Magi, which I was like, "Here okay, we go." So those are, and and when I I like to look up other sermons and see what other people have done. And every time I look up those sermons on those chapters, those sermons are given in the month of December. Yeah, and so that was part of the challenge of this chapter is that it's so familiar. It's well, how can I draw something new? And, and I really struggled with that. I know, and I, I know when we met on uh, the the last Wednesday before you preached, it was kind of like a, 
you're trying, it's almost like an Easter sermon where you're like, what do I say that's new? Like it's, right. it's almost been said. Right. Um, yeah. You and Jesse were of no help at all. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> We crushed it. Um, Actually, we were like, we were, we were like, but, good luck. <laughs> but I, and I told Lynn, I said, my wife, I said, um, you know, I'm really, cons- I'm always concerned about a sermon, but I really struggled with that section of scripture in, in preaching about it because what can I bring that's new when people have read and heard this yeah. chapter story every so Christmas. many times, yeah, yeah, every year. So, so I thought you did a good job, and I I don't want you to I don't want to uh, make you like recant everything. But we're doing this like ninety second challenge, and I know yeah. you don't have your notes here, so this is might be. But I thought Ashley Kenny's would be a good quote to say. I don't know if you still have that, but mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. I if you could, if people are listening to this and need a refresher, you know, this has been a few days. I I can't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday, let alone on Sunday. Um, you know, refresh us on how you approached it and kind of some of the things because you did a you broke it down into three pieces. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I took the the, the scripture that we were given eight eight verses there and broke it into three parts. And the first part was called Joseph, what I call Joseph's dilemma. Yep. Okay. And that's the first couple of verses, and it's when Joseph finds out. Yep. He's not She's told pregnant. by an angel like Mary was. He finds out, I assume, from Mary. He deducted on his own, uh-huh. but uh, he finds out that Mary's pregnant, yeah. and it says that being a righteous man mm. uh, or being one who follows the law, that's the new NIV version, that he decided to quietly divorce Mary. Which I found that not put, put her to public. That, I found that really convicting. I like that. And then the second two, the second point was. Joseph's dream. So yep. Joseph then is, is is encounters a dream. So the Lord comes to him very graciously, I think, yeah. and says, Joseph, Mary did not mess around on you. She's yeah. not guilty of sin. She didn't do anything that was uh, scandalous or that would uh, betray you. Yeah, This is from me. It's yep. not Mary. It's coming from me, this pregnancy. And I want you to go ahead and marry Mary. I want you to go ahead with your plans. Yeah. And, and then... And then and then there's the prophecy yep. that comes from the seventh chapter of, uh, of Isaiah yeah, that talks yeah. about a young girl or a virgin will become pregnant and she'll give birth to a child whose name will be Emmanuel. And that is then infused by Matthew into the gospel account to tie it to Scripture. And I thought you did a brilliant job of talking about young woman and virgin and how she fulfills both. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. a really cool way of talking about that. Yeah, and it, Gets me out of hot water with Jesse on that. So, yeah. <laughs> so and then the third part, the third part after Joseph's dream was Joseph's obedience and how he went ahead. You know, he got up and um, from the dream, he woke up and he goes ahead and, and follows what the Lord He's says. He goes and marries Mary and, which took a lot of courage on his part, and then also named the baby Jesus. Exactly what he's supposed to. Yeah. 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 Which is so, so cool. It was Joseph's dilemma. There was Joseph's. A dream, yep. and then I should probably call it Joseph's decision, but it, it's really his obedience. Uh, I like to do alliterations, but I do too. Um, I, I fail on that one, but Joseph. So Joseph's obedience, and and just talked about uh, how Joseph was, you know, really shined in his character. And I read that quote from Ashley. Oh, uh, such Kenny a good quote. that came through uh, on a text, and I thought it really fit in well there. So we used that. And then finished with the idea of Jesus is the name of Joshua, which means in Hebrew, God saves, or God saves his people from their sins, mm-hmm. which is what was uh, described earlier 
in that chapter and talked about how God's plan. See, the Israelites thought, well, we're going to have a new king in David, like mm-hmm. David, David's greater son. He's going to set up an earthly kingdom. We're going to overthrow these uh, mean and oppressive uh, Romans that are over yeah. us. Uh, get rid of people like Matthew, who's our tax collector. And that's not what God really had in mind Mm-mm. and talked about how he had something much grander, uh, much more eternal in mind, not saving us from the Romans, but saving us really from ourselves, Yeah, from what's really our problem, which is our sin. And I really liked how you tied it to Asa, uh, talking about it from the very beginning of the genealogy and then tying it. And uh, I always say it wrong, so that's why I never say it on stage. Uh, (laughs) But I I really thought that was a really cool way of tying that together. We're talking about you need a Yeshua. Yeah. Asa needed a Yeshua. Mm -hmm. Joseph needed Yeshua. Like it, it was. I thought it was a really neat thing. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were preaching that sermon was uh, that uh, heaven is not a place; it's a person. Mm-hmm. And every time we try to make it a place, we forget that we need the person of Jesus. That's good. I should and, use that. Yeah. And well, my brother was the one that taught, quoted that to me a few days before you preached, and I was just, and I kept thinking they want Israel. They don't want Jesus. And I'm like, that. they need right. a person. They don't need yeah. a place. And it, it's just kind of a cool thing. So, all right, good job. That was not 90 seconds. Ryan's going to be mad at me, but yeah, he's nah, not here, he's not so here. he can get over it. Yeah. Um, so what was the most exciting part of the sermon? Like, what was the part oh. that got you at least, like, clicked in that you were like, all right, that, that'll work? Um, oh, I, wow. Sometimes it's a structure thing for me, but it, sometimes it's a particular thing. You know, I, I just think the process for me of seeing the movement in the chapter of Joseph from going to shattered. Yeah. And we used that quote from uh, the Danny Goki song, mm-hmm. Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. And I, I really like how, how Joseph goes from his dreams to being a thousand pieces on the floor. I mean, his, mm-hmm. he's betrayed. It's, it's got to be. And, you oh, know, the and worst. The, and the Bible, as the Bible does, uses such an economy of words, sometimes we pass over that and don't really appreciate it. <laughs> yep. But here's a guy who's, for this probably the past several years, the whole time that he's been a young adult, an adult, uh, he's been anticipating and, and looking forward to marrying this girl, and then it gets all blown up. I was picturing she's like a text message. Like, yeah. like if you're yeah. Joseph's friend and you just all of a sudden he texts you and he's like, she's pregnant. Yeah. And then your friend's like, "What? it's not yours? And he's like, no. It's not mine. And all of us, in some ways, have been there. Oh. We'll be there. Okay. What so. do you even say? Like, yeah. I'm like, how do you yeah. even, I, I loved that. I thought that was a really good job of not brushing over that. Yeah. So we need to rest there and and make that come out so that we appreciate what happens later in the chapter. So, yeah, going from Joseph's being shattered to Joseph taking locking arms, really, going hand-in-hand with Mary into an unknown future where you know there's going to be talk. Mm. You know where she's going to be ridiculed. And it's not one time. It's it's years. I mean, this is a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. I, Jesus himself mm. as an adult faced that accusation mm-hmm. really in chapter 8 of John of being illegitimate. Yeah, illegitimate, yeah. I so, you know, that, that idea, though, of Joseph rather being in the will of God in the middle of the storm and trusting in his vindication for a lifetime. Yeah, rather being there than quietly divorcing Mary and getting away from all that drama and living a quiet, peaceful life, but outside the will of God. Mm. He would rather be 
in the storm with God than on the shore safely without God. This is totally horrible for me to think, but this is how my brain thinks. So welcome. Here mm-hmm. you come. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help but think about, because I've been married just long enough, and I know I do this, and I know at times my wife is struggling, and I think every marriage has this, but you think if they ever got in a fight, <laughs> where, where Joseph later on it's just like, well, you, you know, you sometimes you just come to me with these crazy things. <laughs> you, you know, it's like. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I hadn't thought about that, but that's probably a little bit Or when Jesus, first, fortunately for Mary, Jesus turned out to be a really good boy. I was going to say, I'm sure later, no, you're like, messes, Mary's like, I, I, I had you know, it right, you know. <laughs> You know, when he was gone for three days, when he turned yes. 12, during that time they were looking frantically, Joseph, if he were me, would have turned to Mary and said, well, this was this your idea. I you was going to say, this isn't even my yeah, problem. Is, well, yeah. <laughs> you brought this on. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my... I, I thought that was... Um, I yeah. agree. I think, the, I think that was a great thing because it really set up, the, I thought, the dream and then his, I think his decision would have been good or even his determination, determination. Uh, to, be, yeah. to be faithful or yeah. to continue to be righteous. Right. Because I think that was the, the, the first thing that that dilemma brought out was his character. And by the end of it, it's staying mm-hmm. strong and it's obedient, which I thought was really cool. And I was thinking about, and one of the things maybe we can do to the next question, what did you forget? That when Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law, to, but to fulfill it, I mm-hmm. thought it was really cool that Joseph's motivation was to follow the law. Mm-hmm. And by following the law, he fulfills it in Jesus. He like becomes kind of a part of what the law was in call it, you know, was intended yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like he's joining in the two covenants are becoming one. Mary's a part of the new, and he's like the last remnant of the old. Which is kind of a cool thing where I'm like, look yeah. at this. It's like the two housing Jesus, literally. <laughs> and you're making me think of things I didn't say during the yeah, show. So yeah, go what there else, now. yeah, what else? Yeah, what else were you thinking well, about? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, and I think part of being a good pastor, I don't want to say I'm a good pastor, but I think it's knowing what to say and what not to say. Yeah. Because. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to keep my sermons at around 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah. And that is hard, people. If you've never done this, it is hard yeah. to do. Um, which I think is, it's enough. And Lynn and I were talking about this after the sermon on Sunday. We talk about it a lot. I mean, you want enough meat on the bone yeah. to, to justify people coming to church and feel like they've actually learned and they've grown and, and they've they walk out of the church knowing more than what they did walking yep. in, or they've been mm-hmm. blessed in some way. So you got to have. I think there's some time you need to develop that, but at the same time, people have limited uh, attention spans, especially mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, and you need to be able to say what you intend to say in an efficient way. Yeah. So, and that sticks. Uh, and that, yeah, yeah. So, uh, one of the things we talked about in our sermon meeting that I didn't work in, and I, I just, it just didn't. Flow for me the way I I understood why to. you didn't bring it up though, but I, but I understand we that. were talking about Joseph as a stepdad and talking about other stepdads and how important a stepdad is. We're talking about how Joseph's character is such that God entrusted his son to mm-hmm. a man um, here on earth, or um, you know, just just talking about. You mentioned how Joseph is like the only good father we see in the Bible, and he's not even a real father. He's a, well, not a real father, not, he's a stepfather. Yeah. He's not an, a biological father, an adopted father. So, um, you know, that's one thing I really couldn't, ex- well, I could have explored it, but I think it would have expanded the sermon Absolutely. so much that it would have detracted from what I think, what the Holy Spirit was leading me to believe is that 
here's the main points, John, that I want you to oh, bring yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about that maybe in study hall or something mm-hmm. else, but that's something we're not going to get into. Well, and sure. I thought that was such a cool, it was a cool vein, but like you're saying, you kind of have to hone in on one particular strain of, you know, narrative. Got and it. what you what you honed in, I thought was was magical in the sense of like taking a text and I had never thought, I think what you really did is hone in on that idea of like the shattered dream. And everybody has that. That's not just. Oh, and I felt that when you said it, where it's like, am I going to trust God to pick up the pieces? Mm -hmm. And am I going to trust that not only in this moment, I'm going to be faithful, but down the road that I will get enough out of this, that it's not worth it to just let go of that and go after the dream I really want. Cause the temptation here is just to divorce her quietly and go find another girl where you can start the dream over with. Right. Yeah. And right. You and, know. and the other thing that's coming to my mind now that I probably would like to talk about or explore is the fact that Joseph in a sense could have said, well, the law says I've got to do this. Yeah. You know, the law says I have to divorce her. The law says I have to publicly shame her or whatever because she's pregnant and it's not me. But instead, at the end of the chapter, he does something radically different. He he marries her and mm-hmm. takes Jesus as it. his own. So how do we as Christians sometimes know the right path? Mm-hmm. Because we're not visited by angels in dreams very much, at least I'm not. Although I think God does speak to us. Oh, 100%. I think, so I think the idea of being open to the um, instruction of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, uh, maybe deviations that we wouldn't expect mm-hmm. or that seem initially to us to be counter to the Word of God, which, in fact, what Joseph did was very much within the yeah. will of God. Absolutely. Of God. So that idea... Um, I heard a sermon this week that said, if you want to see, uh, if you don't want to see prayer and coincidence happen, just don't pray. Yeah. Because if you pray, it's going to happen. It's amazing. It's going to happen. And so, you know, this is what I thought about a lot when when you were talking about your sermon, where I'm just going like, yeah, people have shattered dreams. And if you don't want to watch God work through them, just don't pray. Don't look for them. Don't talk to them. Don't don't wait for them. Because then it won't, it probably won't get fixed. But if you want to see God work through broken dreams. So I've got a, do yeah. you have trouble sometimes while I or Jesse are preaching because you like to get up there and say, well, wait a minute, hold it. No, or I, I would do it differently. Or I, thinking I think about, I'm this is something so, well, I would maybe, do. Maybe at times I, I want to like, um, I want to go like, no, 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 say, like, say it yeah. that way. Kind of like the decision line. I was like, oh, make it the decision or the, the, you know, determination, determination. or, you know, like yeah, make not, the D. Cause like I, I want make that, the third but that, D. that, but then I'm also trying to do the whole thing where I didn't have any of this. You didn't give me your outline. I didn't know what it was going to be. So I'm a student to it. So I'm like listening to it. I'm actually most of the time very intrigued. I'm always blown away with how you approach things and how Jesse and how I approach things are almost always always different. different. It's so different. And it's such a cool... So the analogy I have, Uh which I haven't spoken from the stage before, but I probably will at some time, is the three of us remind me of a pitching rotation for a major league baseball team. So mm-hmm. you're kind of the starter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're in for usually six or seven innings. And then if you think God is the manager, he gets on the phone, calls the bullpen. <laughs> and says, okay, I want, <laughs> I want that guy who's got the good lefty. He's got the good, you know, uh-huh. he throws a lot of high heat and that's who I want. Mm-hmm. Or I want the other guy who's got a lot more maybe off speed stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't know which one Jesse and I fit, but you know, it's different styles. Absolutely. And, uh, and what I preach, and I'm going to puff you up here a little bit oh, maybe, gosh. but what I like about your leading our church is that you have enough confidence in yourself 
that you're willing to give up the stage once or twice a month. There's a lot of preachers that don't do that. There's a lot of preachers who are like, that's my stage. I'm going to, I'm the only one that can preach unless I'm on vacation. You're not going to, yeah, I'm not giving it up. So I think that says a lot. And and I think that comes from your self-confidence that you don't have some kind of complex that, you know, I need to be heard every week or something. I'd like love, that, so. I'd love to say it's, it's, it maybe it was part of that, but part of it, I think, is just our DNA that I, I felt like I was invested in when I had nothing, and that people chose to trust okay. that God was going to work through me, and I just choose to believe that I don't have to have all the answers, but I need to allow God to move through lots of people. Yeah, and I honestly think it makes the church stronger eventually. Mm-hmm. Like I really it do. Does. Um, it does. and. Honestly, I need to be off stage to learn and just I be think a you, part of the church. If I'm in your situation, I'd like to get recharged, mm-hmm. rechallenged. It's amazing how many times when you preach, John, I have to have conversations and things outside of the pulpit that were yeah. needed. Yeah. And I had no so idea. It, it frees you up for yes, those things. I had no idea I needed to be there. Um, and so I think maybe allowing you off this week, mm-hmm. when you preach the last two sermons before that, Good Friday and Easter, then you can start fresh on chapter two. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. You had your mother-in-law in this one. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. She's, she's so hard. <laughs> she's <knows>. so much, <laughs> so much emotional setting, energy. You're spent. setting me up for failure here. Um, let's uh, transition quickly from quickly, that. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. I love no, you, Linda. Let's, let's I love you. On that. Uh, so, <laughs> so here's, here's something fun about this podcast. What was something that you got curious about, but you knew was just going to be such a deep thread yeah. that we were like, I yeah. don't know if we can go there. Was All there right. anything? Yeah. That, okay. All right. So the virgin birth. Oh, thing. yes. Okay. Oh, so, my gosh. Here we go. So I could have gotten really in the weeds because I heard a preacher talk about that. I think it's pretty interesting. And so one of these people in the uh, in the genealogy, yeah. the last king before the exile, was a king named Jehoiakim. Yeah, Jehoiakim. He has a couple other names, but that's the one I'm going to use. So Jehoiakim is taken into exile in Babylon. And and in the book of of Jeremiah, I think it's the 21st chapter, 22nd chapter, Jeremiah comes to him while he's still king and says, you know, you're you're evil, we're going to be overthrown. And Jehoiakim gets so mad that he has Jeremiah... I think put in prison, or he has he has says something yeah. really awful to back to Jeremiah. Does does not react. He does not he does not obey the the word of God that comes through Jeremiah. And what Jeremiah says, what the Bible says, is that Jehoiakim, that his bloodline will be cursed, and there will never be one of his descendants on the throne. Wow. So here's a problem. Yeah, that's here's a the big problem, problem because the line of David. It's that's where you're supposed to. Ha- okay. Mm-hmm. The virgin birth, I think, was so that a son of David through Joseph could be on the throne, but not be a blood Blood. descendant of David. That's why the virgin birth is important. Right? Isn't that cool? That is really cool. So the idea is that despite the fact that Jehoiakim has this curse on him, God is able to both keep the promise to David in 2 Samuel mm-hmm. 7 that your son will set on my, and be my greater, uh, mm-hmm. be your greater king, our greater king, and still bring it through David, but bring it through Joseph, but it's not a blood descendant of Joseph. Mm. Okay? That is so, so the cool. the virgin birth is necessary. that. Yes. That's it's not just divine, birth. but it's also a divine way of, yes. oh my gosh, that I have never heard that I before. never heard that. That's really cool. That is so, really cool. 
But Jesus does come from the bloodline of Mary. So he does have a human descent, a yep. human ancestry, if you will. He is fully human while mm-hmm. fully God. Mm-hmm. And that's the human side of things. That's the human side. Not the divine side of things. That comes through Mary. So if you go through Mary's genealogy in the book of Luke, it doesn't go through Jehoiakim. Nope. I know that. It goes through David, but not through Jehoiakim. That's wild. Okay. So could have gotten to the weeds in that. That would have been... I mean, that's the nerdy stuff that this podcast is for. So when did you find that? Oh, that was earlier in the week. And that was earlier in the week, so you're like, oh, my goodness... So, because in my mind, so I do you think, oh gosh, we're going to go deep here. So in the oldest manuscripts in the Old Testament that we have of the Septuagint, it mm-hmm. does not say virgin. It says young woman in Isaiah and the prophecy. Okay. Yeah. So let's just, let, but here's the thing. Yeah. Do you think the bloodlines, when they were looking at it in the 300s, is what allowed them to think, no, 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 it doesn't need to be young woman. It needs to be virgin because oh. of Jehoiakim, because it's not going to come. Or do you think that was just them assuming that was going to be? Here's yeah. the tension. Here's the tension. The oldest versions of the of the old te- uh, Old Testament, in the Hebrew version, in the Hebrew, say young woman in the Revelation Alma. that comes A L M A H in Alma. in Isaiah seven. But right. then in three hundred, when they rewrite it in, in Greek. Greek, they change that word from meaning young woman to being specific virgin. Mm-hmm. Now that's still three hundred years before Jesus is showing yeah, well up. Well, before, so it's so, not an after the fact. Okay, we're so fix this. this that tension. What what did you do with that? Because I know uh, you know Jesse's our <laughs> our modern day. I would say he's our critic. critic. He's our he's our he's our brain into that stuff. And I think it's very high, very very worthy of time. But it's one of those like, how did what did you sit with that tension? Because I know I mentioned that I like the way you handled it. Yeah. So my version was, you know, I I wanted to lay out. That controversy. Yeah. Okay. I heard you do it. And yeah, I was proud of you for because being... yeah, because you don't want people thinking, you know, it's kind of like when you try a lawsuit, the worst thing you can do is try to hide something. Yeah. You so don't you want to get that. it out there. And so with mm. your client on the stand, you're like, okay, isn't it true that you had a drug conviction in 1996? Yes. Yeah. And get that out. Yep. Okay. So I think with preaching in the same way, and it's sort of you you want to get that controversy out there so it doesn't look like you're hiding it, ignoring it. Oh, yeah, and you or, take the power out of it, yeah, I think, I, too. And I think, yeah, and I think you have to recognize that your audience, they're they're bright people, yeah, and they're going to hear this mm-hmm. from somewhere, and you want it to really come from you. So mm-hmm. when it, when they are confronted with that issue later on, because yep. they could find some higher critic somewhere down yep. the road or listen to something, yep. some podcast that says, oh, this virgin birth thing is a bunch of malarkey, and here's why. Absolutely. So you want to give them some ammunition to know, well, there there is a good reason for there to be the word virgin there. Yep. And the But the way I approach it, and I hope it came from the Holy Spirit, is that I looked at both words, and I looked at Mary, and I thought, she fits the bill no matter which one it is. Yes. She's both a pathanos, she's both a virgin in the Greek, but she's also an Alma. She's a young She's a young woman. She's a young woman. Now, I will say also that Alma when it's used in the Bible usually does refer to a virgin. It can be both. But, it can be but both. But majority it, it was virgin it, when it, I looked it up. I I it's, found it's, the same thing. It's a young thing. unmarried woman which in their culture, you're going to assume 99.9% yeah. of the time that's a virgin. And that's exactly what it's meant to. It's almost like you know describing a, an adolescent girl. It's like yeah. you don't have to say she's a virgin. She's 10. And the right? other thing you know I, what I mean, like, yeah, the other thing we could have said, which I've heard this argued too, is, well, if it's going to be a sign, mm-hmm. if it's going to be a sign, it, it needs to be a virgin who's impregnated because young girls get pregnant all the time. Absolutely. I mean, why is that a sign for anything? It's not a sign. And 
it, that thing, you know, obviously we're going to get into the weeds of like the Magi and some of this stuff later, but there's so much other stuff that's going on than just that. And for it to be a sign, I thought, I thought that was good. I, I also think it's really healthy when, when as a pastor, you reveal that you are aware of something. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have to completely explain it yeah. later, if they find out more to, 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 for them to know that you didn't know, it almost takes away your takes whole away sermon. Your credibility. You're like, yeah. Oh, they can't, you can't trust them with anything mm -hmm. rather than having it at yeah. least something that you're yeah. aware of. Um, Cool. Well, here's here's the fun thing. I thought the way you talked about Yeshua and the way you talked about Emmanuel, those are really deep words. Mm -hmm. Like those have, I know you Not hit words. it at the end, but um, the concept of Yeshua being basically the same name as Joshua and, mm -hmm. and Joshua being the one that leads the people to the promised land mm -hmm. and the new kingdom right. and Israel being established and now Jesus having a very similar name but then also getting the second title that it's not just Joshua in the sense of leading for God, but it is God himself. So yeah. it's these two words. Did you think about talking about those two things connecting in that, in that Joshua way? Well, what I thought about, and I've always struggled with this in a, in a sense, is that that back part of the chapter seems to contradict itself in that it says, a boy will be born to a virgin, and he will be called Emmanuel. And then at the end, it says they named him Jesus. Jesus I'm like, well, yeah. why did they name him Emmanuel? Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> What's yep. the problem with Emmanuel? Yeah. Yep. Why did they name? Well, why is there both? And, and as we talked about in our sermon meeting before, <clears throat> Emmanuel to me is a title. title. Yep, I love that. Emmanuel is is <clears throat> is who he is in the sense of his vocation or just a description. Mm -hmm. Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus is his actual name. Okay, yeah. so as I talked about in our meeting last week, Tom Cox, Tom's name is Tom, but he's also Coach. Yep. So you can call him either Coach, yep, and he'll respond, or you can say Tom, yep, and he'll respond. Well, and you could be the prosecutor, or you yeah. could be John. Right. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's or uh, Pastor. Exactly. That's or how, Trevor. Yep. And that's okay. that really makes sense in the sense of like what he's trying to do is like you're going to name him whatever you want, but I need you to remember yep. he's Emmanuel. <laughs> so a surface, so a surface superficial reading of the Bible in that particular section. This is a good warning. Mm. Leads one to say, "Oh, well, the Bible's contradicting itself." Joshua did says he's going to be named Emmanuel, and then they're naming Jesus. So yep. see how the Bible doesn't work. Well, as as a pastor once told me, if there's a problem in the Bible, you're the problem, not the, not Bible. the Bible, and you got to figure it out. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and and really, when you think about it a little bit and give it a little bit of depth. Mm -hmm. It makes a whole lot of sense. Oh yeah, and well, so there's not a contradiction, and it's. I mean, you see this. It only takes about four or five verses, and you get into the Magi when they show up, and they're they're basically like, "Yeah, this is God." Like <laughs> you're like, "Oh yeah, see, his he is going to be called God with." Yeah. You know, it's like it's king like, of the Jews. It's yeah. king of the Jews, and you know, even and I'm not trying to spoil next week, but even what they bring, you know, it's a divine gift, and then it's a kingly gift, mm -hmm. and then it's a gift of suffering, mm -hmm. and. The because the, 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 the myrrh is the embalming fluid. Yeah. It's basically for wounds and for harm that's going to be caused. And so all three of these gifts line up with exactly what you know Matthew is trying to tell you with these things. And it's, it's such a cool thing yeah. that you know Mary and Joseph are holding these, going like, "Oh man!" Yeah. And you know, and there's a giant, there's a giant web. I don't want to go down too much. Going to talk about it next week, but Let's if if Mary was carrying the myrrh to the tomb, oh. She had kept it. If you she know, had I got kept it the whole time. I, I wonder 
if those were expensive gifts. We yeah. talked about this mm-hmm. last week. If yeah. Mary and Joseph used those to pay the it, freight uh, when they moved to Egypt and had to survive in well, Egypt, the reason they moved back. The reason, and I know we'll talk about this next week, but the reason they think that is because they go back after it's already been done, mm-hmm. and Mary wants to use it because she still has it, and so she's like, "We need to go back mm-hmm. and actually use this oh, stuff okay. that we still have." Now that's the that's the logic that I read is that they still have okay. it, you know what I mean? And so that's why they're going back to redo what yeah. what uh, you know just as Josephus and uh, Nicodemus probably screwed right. up, uh, right? <laughs> and get it right. Well, anyway, that's really cool. So let me let me last question okay. here. This is this is just a wrap up. When when Joseph goes back to take Mary as his wife, mm-hmm. I I thought maybe there was a place that the the sermon could have been leaned into in the opposite direction. Okay, so you talk about shattered dreams, mm-hmm. and then you talk about God being faithful to trust, and then being honest. Mm-hmm. But then you talk about how hard it is to live in that in between before Jesus is revealed to be who He is. Oh yeah, and before you mean before the dream, bef- but after He finds out. So after the dream, but before everybody else finds out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he knows, Mary knows, but all their friends and family don't. And you still have to be faithful. And talking about the tension of walking in faithfulness when everybody else Mm -hmm. doesn't agree, doesn't understand, doesn't get it. So Joseph's, in fact, joining Mary in the shame. Yes. And is walking in this hardship. Um. You know, I think about it if you're walking with someone in addiction or if you're walking with someone that has like a huge health issue and right. it, your life kind of has to shut down or mm. you're walking with a family mentor, member with like dementia or like something that's incredibly crippling that they're not completely gone, but they're not completely here, you know, and you're walking in this yeah. brokenness sure. and you're trying and you have no idea how long it's going <clears> to <throat> last or or if anybody else will ever see it or if it'll ever matter. I mean... I don't know. There was just a part of me that was like that, you know, just like the first part that you pulled out where it's like he found Mary to be pregnant. Like that to me was like, oh, that is a, such a, I thought he took Mary as his wife. Mm. I was like, he found out he took, oh, mm-hmm. I mean, even if God tells me I'm still yeah. at night lying there going like, what am I doing? Mm. What am I doing? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Joseph never speaks. He's I never didn't quoted. Think about that. He's never. It's always what happens to him, or what oh. his react. It's his outward reaction to something. But we never are told. I got goosebumps. His words or his thoughts. That's wild. I've never thought about that. He, he's never, in all the Bible, he's never quoted. Um, you know, as, as Ashley and he said something about you know quiet people. I am like shocked at that. I, yeah. I can't believe I've never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I. As someone that talks all the time, I'm like, I can't imagine. Like, like Trevor, and they never quote it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What did she say? I, I well, loved her. her the end of her quote was, um, God can and has used quiet, that's her first word, mm. steady and faithful people like Joseph. Mm. Okay? So I think that really encapsulizes. And that's why I use the quote at the end, because that really shows who Joseph was. He was, he was obedient. He was faithful. He was brave, humble, quiet. I mean, all those really good things. I, I mean, it's just that classic mom quote, right? Like, like actions or speak louder than words. Oh, yeah. I mean, words go further than, or actions go further than words, or are worth a thousand words. You know, like, 
Yeah, and that's, you know, I quoted from uh, 1 Samuel 15, where Samuel comes in to confront Saul. Because Saul says, hey, look, you know, I got all these, these cattle, and yeah. I've been butchering them, and we're, we're, sac- we're having a good religious festival here. Mm-hmm. And Samuel basically says, God wants obedience, not yeah. some religious outward expression. I think about when Jesus talks about even prayer. It's like people go out into the streets and yell mm-hmm. and whatever. He's Make like, what production. I want is go into the room, close the door, get on your knees, and just speak to the Father. And I don't know. There's there's a part of Joseph that challenges me because that's not the way sometimes that I see faithfulness. I see faithfulness as some Peter, you know, that's out there oh, yeah. speaking and being bold and all this stuff. And, you know, it's funny that Keith Ketron's devotional on Bible and Bacon was First Thessalonians, mm-hmm. do your best to live a quiet, quiet life. And I was thinking hands. about mm-hmm. that with Joseph where I'm just like, yeah, that's he basically that. who he, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's cool. Yeah. John, this has been such a lovely conversation and a uh, great study yeah, hall. Yeah. If if anybody wanted to go and read some of the things you talk, you, re- you referenced First Samuel um, and Saul's thing. You referenced uh, Isaiah 7 if they want to go read that uh, Jeremiah, what was that? I think it's for chapter 22, 22 where for he confronts, Jeroham, was confronted by Jehoiakim. That, that so. is such a cool thing if you want to go investigate that a little bit. Um, Luke's uh, genealogy is at the beginning of his. If you want to go look at Mary's stuff, um, go look at that. Go look at those genealogies and notice that Jehoiakim is not in both. I mean, that is... Yeah. That is so cool to yeah. me. I will not forget that, yeah. that, that the virgin birth was necessary for more than just a divine revelation, but also a divine, prof, like prophetic mm-hmm. divine showing that, that God him. didn't forget. God, God didn't forget. God, you know, he threads yeah. the needle in a way that we don't Well, it, you know, and so he takes care of Adam's curse, right? but he doesn't forget the curse right. of that. And it's like, whoo, that is... That is intense and yeah. really cool. And both, you know, Abraham's covenant of the kingly and also humanity's curse is, you know, woven together in a really cool way. Um, and it really goes to show you that even though Matthew's a tax collector, he's been paying attention in his Jewish schooling. He's not. He, he is. is not. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think he came up with all this on his own. I think it was Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, he's obviously around a lot of mm-hmm. other teachers mm-hmm. and stuff at the time. And I think also... Um, this sounds terrible, but like a person of his intelligence was picked up to be a tax collector mm-hmm. on purpose. And yeah. like, you don't yeah. become yeah, a tax you, collector if you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I so, think there's a part of all that that God very well like orchestrated. Yeah. Now, one thing I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, I think we need to keep in mind throughout this yeah. is that Joseph or that Matthew's um, big picture is that Jesus is the Messiah mm-hmm. and God is creating a king. Yeah. And here's his king. Yep. And I, you know, I think as we proceed next week into chapter two, and as we go beyond that, and the Sermon on the Mount, all that good stuff coming up, it's here's the king. He's oh, establishing yeah. a kingdom. It is all, I mean, the kingly covenant. That's what I call it in the first sermon. It's like, this is the kingly covenant. And it is all about the line of David and the covenant of Abraham coming mm-hmm. together right here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, the Magi is a perfect example of that. I mean, it's really just. And oh, man, it's so cool. We're gonna talk about this next week, but who the Magi are? At, go and look that who up. Who are the Magi? You got to go look <laughs> that up. There is there is some there's really a lot of really cool yeah. stuff about that. And the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of information. No, so it allows I, us to. Read I got on ChatGPT and for an hour, this was like more, more, and it is wild. And anyway, this yeah. sermon should be 
two hours long. And <laughs> <laughs> not 30 minutes. Not 30 minutes. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah. As always, you can uh, subscribe or leave us a review or pass it on. Leave a comment if you thought of something that we didn't mention that we should have talked about. Or yeah. even leave a comment about what your favorite part was or something that stuck out to you. I always love to see that. As always, thanks for watching, Mom. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, John, thanks so much for You're being welcome. on. Thank you, Trevor. Appreciate and, uh, you. Have a great and glorious day yeah. in the Lord. We'll see you later. See you later. <laughs>